0: All right, folks, welcome back to uh, On This Hill, a podcast from Church on the Hill. Um, Bruce is uh, on a well-deserved vacation right now, and so Matt is with me. Matt Thatcher? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce is at the warm beaches of
1: Mexico, That's so it. here we are in the rain just kind of trying mm-hmm. to get through the Oregon weather, but I'm happy to be here and yeah. uh, and happy to be on the podcast. At Bruce's age, do you call it convalescing? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you see, you yeah, see.
1: I'm sure he'd love that. Now he's probably going to watch this. Are you okay with him finding out that you're talking trash about him while he's yeah. gone?
0: Okay. I, I mean, I do it okay. with him around. Yeah, me so too. I don't, me too. <laughs> we have that relationship. Yeah. Uh, so you've been on here once before, and it was a while back. It was closer to when you were first hired, but I mean, you're not—you're the new guy here, but you're not the new guy here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I came on staff well yeah. full time
1: uh, just this August. But prior to that, kind of a part-time where I shared both working here at Church on the Hill and Cross Hill and at yeah. Cascade High School where I worked for like t- over 20 years. So, so but I, yes, I've been around Church on the Hill, part of the elder team for yep. 20 years and got to work with you informally, but yep. now thankfully every day.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that people that work with me just want more.
1: (laughs) That's what I wake up saying in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Yeah, you were
0: just one of the many that said, "Jason, Mm -hmm. there's a big line. Can I get any more time with you, please?
1: (laughs) Something, something like that." Yeah.
0: But now, honestly, you've uh, you've been behind the curtain. You've seen uh, the man behind the curtain. Yeah. And you've seen. Do you have any uh, honest reflection on working in a church now for the last? Six or so months of all full ki- time.
1: All kidding aside, yeah. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Okay. Both on the church side and on the school mm-hmm. side. Just, of, of course, there's an organization mm-hmm. where there's things that need to be tweaked and, yeah. and relationships. But yeah, but we're doing great work here, and the people that we work with are yeah. incredible. And I, I, I yeah. honestly wouldn't wouldn't change it for anything. So
0: yeah, yeah, I've noticed you. Even you've you definitely tried to tweak me. Yeah, yeah. there's some. <laughs> Tweaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tweaking that needs to take place. I your list is a bit longer, <laughs> but we're getting there, <laughs> yeah, perfect, yeah. And, and the school side, uh, with Adam, I would just agree, man. I love our school. I think Adam is he just is fantastic, uh, as the head of school. Principals are great, they're doing a good job. My girls graduated here 2020 was their graduation year, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of our school, absolutely. You know, I spent
1: all my career when te- uh, i working and teaching 30 mm-hmm. plus years in public education, yeah. which was a great experience. Cascades is a good school. But yes, mm-hmm. coming to a place where uh, there's both the education side and a, and a commitment to mm-hmm. the discipleship, Um, and it's growing. All those things um, are a lot of synergy at at Cross Hill that make it exciting to work with as well.
0: Your kids are how far apart in age? My kids are
1: six years apart. Madison is now 25, and Austin is 19.
0: They're a little bit farther apart than I thought. So she'd gone all the way through high school with you as a principal. Correct. And then a couple years later, he comes along behind and goes through. So you were your... You were your kids' principal. Absolutely.
1: And I think that worked out well for all of us mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. You know, I think they were good students, yeah. had good friends, that made it easy. Yeah. And I'm not sure they wanted me at every one of their proms mm-hmm. and dances yeah. and, you know, football and basketball games yeah, and that's graduation. What
0: they told me. Yeah. Actually we have them behind that door. I was gonna ask them to come in <laughs> Let's and tell the truth. That'd be great. I got yeah. some stuff on them too, so I think <laughs> it'll all work true. out nicely. Yeah. <laughs> Parents usually have more ammo yeah. actually than kids. So that, that, though, that went well? Yeah. I mean, like it. I said,
1: uh, Cascade, uh, for a for a public high school with, with mm-hmm. all the uh, baggage that stems go along with that and challenges, yeah. uh, was a, a, a school that's more like high schools used to be or or that's what it felt like, more yeah. of a family. So so they thrived there, and again, they made it easy. And yeah. for part of the time, their mom worked there too in the district office, mm-hmm. so there was no getting away from us.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it wasn't the same, but I have a somewhat similar situation with my girls in that I've been their pastor almost their whole life. Um, yeah, actually, their whole life. I've been their pastor in one church or another. Yeah, and then when they came to school here in the fourth grade, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I worked with the school some, but I wasn't like in charge of them or anything. But I was here all the time because the church and the school share a building. Yeah, and so they were around me all the time, and and I could say it was a it was a blessing. There was a time, I won't say which one of them, but if you're watching this and you know my daughters, you know which one. <laughs> you don't have to be told uh, that one of them was like, Dad you don't have to hug me every time you see me in the hallway, like enough, you know, it's a little, it's a little much. And I saw that as a challenge. Absolutely. And I said, okay, then you're going to get even more attention from me at school. Yeah, absolutely. Because what is life if we can't embarrass our kids a little bit, right? Absolutely. That's how my parents (laughs) saw it. And so uh, I did uh, even more and I'd sit down with her at lunch and stuff. And and she got over that quick enough, but... Well,
1: knowing your kids, I think it worked
0: out well because they're doing great. Yeah. That's kind of what we wanted to maybe talk about today a little bit, not just about um, raising kids while being their pastor or principal, uh, but about raising kids, because we've been uh, in a parenting class on raising kids, and we're in Revelations. The end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes when you're it raising feels kids, like <laughs> it's amazing how much it feels like that to them, mm-hmm. that a decision that Correct. you make feels like the end of their world. Like they just, oh, they'll never get over what you've done to them, you know, for whatever. You didn't let them go to a party or you made them put on longer shorts than they wanted to wear. Right. Or again, I'm raising girls, so that's yeah. what I'm thinking about. Yeah. But it often feels like the end of the world to them.
1: Yeah, especially as they get older and mm-hmm. uh, parents aren't as, as cool or don't have all the answers. Yeah. And, of course, we both have have kids that are similar in age, so yeah. so we've gone through all those stages. And in the parenting class, we are talking about all the stages from, yeah. from those who are maybe they're pregnant and they're getting ready to have their very first child to those who mm-hmm. who's. pregnant. Uh, Students are, or children are now almost adults, yeah. and everything in between. And that's kind of where we wanted to focus, I think, today yeah. a little bit. Is as those kids get a little older, how does the responsibility of the parents
0: change a little bit? Yeah. What is? What have your experience about that? Um, I feel like okay. This, I'm just going to speak from experience here because I I don't know how other couples relate to this. Um, but in in our marriage, I feel like my wife. Was was so good at all the stages, but she really was dialed into babies and toddlers, right. and she knew what she was doing in a way that I was just like out of my depth.
1: Right. Like
0: I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> right. You know, she had basically practiced growing up. She'd always wanted to be a mom. She watched. She was a babysitter. She had early childhood education. She she worked in uh, you know church nurseries as as a profession. She worked in school systems. You know, all of this just made her a great mother of yeah, young ones. Sure. Um. And while I didn't I, I didn't feel like I was terrible at it, but I was learning a lot from her. But then when it came time to start, you know, them growing up and releasing more and more to them, I felt like strengths almost switched a little bit. I'm gonna be careful here not to try to brag on myself because I think my wife continued to be the better parent yeah. throughout <laughs> all of this. But it was a little more natural to me to go like this is now their responsibility. Like it's a, we don't have to keep mothering them because I think mothering is almost synonymous with caring for, doing it for right. a child, yeah. you know? as Even the way we talk about it, when you're being mothered, you're being taken care of, something's sure. being done for you. Yeah. Where fathering is a more, <laughs> 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 all right, that, kid. <laughs> has a different picture in people's it minds. Does. It has yeah. a different picture. And so it was a little bit more natural for me to go, okay, it's time to release this to them. I'm gonna give a, a silly example when they start to get older um, of <laughs> jackets and appropriate uh clothes, not in modesty's sake, but for weather's yeah. sake.
1: Are you going to be warm enough, honey? Right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. My daughters are 21, 22. When they leave the house today, my wife will say, you're going to need a jacket. It's cold out there. And if they leave without one, she's like, take a jacket. <laughs> and I'm there like vociferously like, what are you doing? Leave mm-hmm. them alone. Natural consequences will take cold. care of it. <laughs> yeah, if they're cold, they're cold. Like Then they'll remember a jacket next time. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? So I'm thinking little ways like that. You know, I, again, we can go deeper than this, but it it came more natural t- to me to say, okay, it's time for you to step up and right. start doing this. Yeah, and uh, where it was a little harder for mom to let go of some yeah. of those things.
1: I think that's similar for us. And again, I don't want to extrapolate to every family because yeah. parents take on different roles and different mm. personalities, but I think it's very similar. And if you ask my wife, she would say she probably felt more comfortable mm. in like the little kid phase and doing the little birthday parties and making sure that they had everything they need. Yeah. And um, as, as the kids got older and there was more decisions to be made on how to release them and mm-hmm. let them learn from their mistakes and take on a little bit more responsibility. Yeah. Maybe I felt more natural in that role. A part of it is I think that, yeah. like you mentioned, mothering, fa- fathering. Partly, I spent my whole career working with high school kids, right? So, yeah. so that seemed more natural, mm-hmm. but we definitely kind of passed the baton in, in, in terms of who
0: took yeah. the, the lead role. So did you being already like, oh, I work with high school kids already. I I know what this looks like. Did you kind of have roughed out in your mind, like, I know when I want them to start doing this. I know when dating is appropriate. I know, like, I want them to get their license right away. Or no, I don't want them to get their license right away. Or I guess cell phones would have been an issue still.
1: Yeah. I I think –
0: Roughly, mm-hmm. you know, and that's and that's
1: when we when you talk about parenting, there's principles mm-hmm. that are absolute, like in the word about about giving your uh, kids a great foundation and making sure they have the, the word instilled and that you mm-hmm. role model. But then there's the specifics, like yeah. you just mentioned, a few dating and cell phone and driving and and independence, and I think that is yeah. a little bit. More uh, de- or dependent on the family mm-hmm. and the maturity level of the kid. But yes, absolutely. There's there's these seasons where okay, well, you can drive when you're 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Where so like Madison, my daughter. I think she was really more ready to, to, you know, and maybe, maybe <laughs> knowing myself and watching you drive, I would say <laughs> girls are probably a little more cautious for the most part, maybe, yeah. and, and more ready. Although she, yeah. not to throw her under the bus, but yeah. she's definitely gotten more tickets than really? Austin has. Yeah, she's a more aggressive driver oh, that's than surprising. Austin. Yeah. So, so yeah. there is, but she also believed uh-huh. she was more ready for independence yeah. than Austin believed at the time. So I feel like there's a lot of variables there, mm-hmm. but I do think parents uh, benefit mm-hmm. from discussing it with one another, yeah. praying about it, maybe going to the parenting classes, mm-hmm. talk to other parents who are a little bit farther along in the stage to get some sense of what generally tends to work yeah. and how to begin to release some of that responsibility.
0: So what about... Well, let me ask you this, because I'm just curious. Who taught them to drive? Um,
1: I think we both did that. Okay. We, bo- Jennifer actually likes to drive way more than I do. Oh, like okay. when we go on a long trip, uh, she takes, she drives, and really? I sit in the passenger seat and take care of whatever. So, so I think
0: knit, I assume, yes, yeah, so usually some I'm knitting, some yeah. crochet
1: gets mixed in, a mm-hmm. little macrame, but um, <laughs> but she does, uh, she does uh, drive more than me. So, so she taught the kids. Uh, we didn't really do the driver's ed thing, but but I think mm. she. She uh, she probably drove more with Madison. I probably drove more with Austin.
0: Okay. I was just curious because sometimes that's a little bit of a sign of like the girls wanted me to teach them to drive. They're a little bit scared of mom's reactions. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Trisha was fine. She did she did great with them. But uh, yeah, one of them I felt like I felt more confident about their driving mm-hmm. earlier than the other. And and I think that's wise and insane. there's not a an end all be all start point for any kid on any. Assignment, right? Like work. Um, I worked in high school. Did you work in high school?
1: I did some. Yeah. Did
0: your kids work in high school?
1: Madison worked in high school. Uh, Austin worked a little less because I think it's it's really about balancing yeah. their time, which Was is he another in
0: athletics yeah, a lot, which so. is
1: another variable, right? If 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 a student uh, child is is involved in a lot of extracurricular activities already, mm-hmm. then maybe taking on a part time job does skew the balance of how much free time and family time. Yeah. Where so Madison, she probably stopped doing athletics for the most part, middle of her uh, let's say sophomore year. So mm-hmm. yeah, she started working, uh started with fast food and ended up working mm-hmm. at Dutch. And so she had a yep. she was where Austin did more like summer jobs yeah. in between times because he was so involved in athletics and stuff.
0: There's a good question, I think, in there, like once like she started working, once Madison started working and you have this um Okay, there's an income stream happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: how do you teach responsibility to a teenager who suddenly has a couple hundred bucks yeah. in their pocket? Yeah. Like, is that just, well, it's just up to them. How they spend it is how they spend it. Or did you require, like, a long, as long as I'm providing the car, you're providing the insurance. Right. or Or you need to put this much away for college. Like, did you have a say in that? Or was it, nope, I trusted her and she went for it?
1: Yeah, I think it's a gradual release, mm-hmm. and so uh, first of all, parents. I mean, mm-hmm. this is when getting some advice and uh, some support from families who have gone through this before is great. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of checked around with other parents like that we respected. How had this? How this worked? Mm-hmm. And then that's the other thing, as parents, you are modeling. What's important? If you if you right. use the finance example, yeah. you're modeling that way before they're 16 years old. Yeah. What are what are we doing as a family? Because we're pretty open with mm-hmm. our finances. I mean, we're not like yeah. going through all the investments with the kids every week, but we're like, yeah, yeah this is what we prioritize, mm-hmm. and this is how we do giving. Yeah, and so the areas that that we started with were okay. You're gonna save some. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how much that is. Yeah. And you're going to give some, okay. you know, and so yeah, good. let's talk about how much of that is. Then, you know, with the leftovers, let's, you know, let's talk about what's the best way to use your your money. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take some of it and, you know, blow it on fast food, well, here's why I think that's probably not wise, but yeah. okay, I'll let you have some, make some mistakes. Yep. But, but we're going to set a couple principles, mm-hmm. saving and giving. And so yeah. gonna, how about you guys?
0: Pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, off the top, first thing we wanted to teach them was giving. And that's just something both of us ended up with. Uh, my mom was a believer and very connected to church, and so that was the first thing you know she taught me with my very first even allowance. Like it was just a part of getting and allowance was really hit and miss in my family. It wasn't like Same. You got but anytime yeah. they'd give us a little something, she would be talking to me about right. putting some of that aside for giving sure. So that, w- that was easy. Saving for both of my girls, neither one of them were real spenders. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to like hammer that home. Yeah. They always had like a goal in mind, I want this or I'm saving for sure. that. or. Um, and I also, uh, I don't know, it, this is the way I felt. So <laughs> I don't know about other parents, but I had a job in high school. I had a job as soon as you could have a job Matter of fact I had jobs before you could have jobs when it was just under the table stuff and you're right. working, you know, for farmers and making stuff like that. And there's something about that time in your life where like I don't have a lot of other responsibilities. And sure. I can go out with my friends you bet. and spend a little something. And and I told my girls, like, take some of this and enjoy it. Yes. Like pretty soon. You're not going to feel like you have any disposable right. income. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to you <know>? get tight. <laughs> it is like you're going to be in college. You're going to be, you know, in a home, yeah. and and that's this is what a budget looks like. Sure. And you can still have you know some fun money, mm-hmm. but uh, right now I'm going to take care of as much as I can take care of. But I want you to fill your cars with gas. I want you to, you know, I gave them some of these responsibilities, sure. and I want you to think about college because mom and dad don't have a college fund for you. Right. We've been in ministry our whole <laughs> life, and you need to get good grades so you can get good scholarships, and you need to save some money. And, and that worked out well for us. Yeah. They, and but I wasn't fighting something where they were, either one of them were big spenders or right. ridiculous with their money. Right. So it came a little easy. I've seen other, you know, kids that you know, just needed different guidelines than mine yeah. needed. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: In all these things, I think it's just being intentional. You yeah. know your child probably mm-hmm. better than anybody else, and and is this an area that they struggle? Mm-hmm. Then they're going to need a little more, uh, g- you know, guardrails. Yes. If it's an area that they're naturally strong in, then they're going to need a little less supervision. Yeah. So how about like mm-hmm. dating and relationships, for example? Because yeah. you know, you and I have talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Both of us met our spouses in high school, yeah. or maybe for we you were even dating before. In high yeah, yeah. You know, so so, but you know, you. Take typically you're like, as Christian parents, like, what is mm-hmm. dating? When should they start dating? Should you even have a relationship in high school? Yeah. And then how does that look at long-term? So
0: how did yeah. you deal with that with your kids? Yeah, it was a lot of conversation, a lot, because they they grew up kind of knowing our story. And so that scared me a little bit sure. when they know, like, you guys met when you were eight. Like, I'm ten. I still haven't met anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm an old maid. Oh no! That's, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what arranged marriages are for. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, or they, you know, knew that we really started dating in, in high school, right? And, and so there's a lot of conversation around, you know, like look at look at uh, those kids that are just older than you. Mm-hmm. You know, look at our, your high school friends in their middle school. Look at your high school friends. You know, how's that going? What do those relationships feel like? Does it seem like a good idea or not? Right. Just getting them to open their eyes and see. Sure. And so that they were pretty much making some wise decisions, conclusions about what they wanted by right. observing. Yeah. And again, I wasn't fighting a this strong impulse that either one of them had. They had pretty good heads on their shoulders, sure. Um, and then when we got into high school, uh, one of them basically found a guy that she really liked and he really liked her. Mm-hmm. and the other one, you know, didn't. I mean she liked guys off and on and guys liked her off and on, but none of them were, was she interested enough to start a relationship? Right, and so um, you know, through conversation with with my older daughter Grace, through conversation, you know, with her and with him and with other parents, you know, it's a Christian school. Sure, it's, there's not any casual relationships in right. a Christian school. Yeah, the eyes are on all of them. Right, and especially when you're raising a principal's kid, a pastor's yeah, kid, right. everyone More knows who you are. But I wasn't trying to bring that to them, and. The conversation I had with her was, yeah, you can, you can date. If you think this is a good guy, and I thought he was a good guy too, then yeah, you can date. Just know what you're doing. Relationships are incredibly important and right, valuable. Right. So just don't treat it lightly, but also don't treat it so heavy that this has to be the one. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because your emotions—you just end this time of life where whether you like it or not, your hormones and your emotions are going to make it feel so much more elevated than it actually is. Yeah, and they—they they did, they did it for a while yeah. in high school, and uh, then it ended. You know, which most high school relationships end. That's true. Not in divorce. <laughs> just, <laughs> just end. Right. You know, most of them don't turn into marriages, mm-hmm. and and they're both great people who, you know, are doing good, going to college, and doing yeah. the stuff they're supposed to do. Yeah. So I, I have mostly good experience with that, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've seen it go poorly too, and I know parents who would never let their kid date in high school, and I think that's also valid. Yeah, again, we're back to the
1: principles are Mm. clear in Scripture about uh, relationships and purity and reserving sexuality, those kind of things, but then, Mm. again, as a family, you sit down, be intentional. Uh, does, Does my kid seem to have that maturity? Do I know how to help them have healthy relationships? Right. Have I modeled mm-hmm. healthy communication and relationships, and how to deal with conflict? And uh, so then there's there's some there's some room in there for mm-hmm. for choice for yeah. choice and de- dependency on on what the family looks like.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Grace now is 22 and off doing missions training in Mexico mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I can talk about any of this. <laughs> I'm probably gonna be in a lot yeah. of trouble. Grace, but, don't watch the rest of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but right now she's in this place where you're like that, I am not interested in a relationship. Sure. I'm just not interested. And in some ways I think that's good. Like she had that experience to know, like, okay, that's what that is. I don't know if I want to repeat of that. Not that it was a bad experience or the bad guy or anything. Yeah. Just um She's like, Yeah, I think um this that's on hold. That part of my life is on hold for now. Right. And I kinda know, like even when she says I have no interest because she tends to overstate things. Both my wife and I kinda wink at each other like until she meets the right guy. Right. Like everyone wants to be single until you meet the right, you know, person. And then you're like, I can't imagine not spending the rest of my life mm-hmm, with you. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm hoping for. Absolutely. You know, for I know Faith has already found that. She's got the guy that, you know, Bruce and I will say sometimes um, you don't just want someone you can live with; you want someone you can't live without. Right? Like You want to really, really be in love with absolutely. Someone. There's a lot of other things that come into play, but Faith has got someone that she's like, I can't live without this guy. <laughs> like, hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope that. That's how great. it should be. It's how yeah. it should be. That's you know. how my wife is with me. She can't yeah. live without me.
1: I could see that. Yeah.
0: yeah, everybody feels that way about you, actually. So, yeah, and dating and your with your kids. They... Yeah,
1: uh, very similar. Um, you know, both of them. Madison's engaged mm-hmm. right now, and she's getting yeah. ready to be married uh, this August. And so, I, I believe she's found that person. Yeah. And uh, Austin has has a girlfriend right now, and he's uh, nineteen. But but similar. Mm-hmm. Let's. Of course, they're important. Relationships are important, but early relationships. Uh, are not life and death. Yeah. Use it as an opportunity to find out what you do like, what you yeah. do appreciate, and again maintain yeah. the, the the absolute pieces that we just talked about. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. I I just you know want to encourage my girls like don't don't just date a guy to date them. Mm-hmm. If you can't see yourself with them, if you, if you know there's no future here, then just leave it alone. Yeah, be their friend. Right. But if you think like, hey, I really like a lot of qualities in this guy, then lean in. Yeah. Lean in and see where that goes. And and you're trying... I mean, it's the most important place to hear the voice of God, in my opinion, outside of just our salvation, is who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? Mm-hmm. Jobs are incredibly important, but they're not as important as who you marry. Oh, sure. Like, you can just go crank out, you know, 8, 10 hours a day anywhere and survive in a living... But if you're miserable in your choice (laughs) of life partner, if you haven't chose wisely, chose someone of common faith, of common direction, then it's going to be rough.
1: Well, let's talk about that that common faith question just for a Mm -hmm. second. Because most of the things we've talked about are important, but we've helped our kids navigate them. But, But sometimes... For families that we're dealing with right now, in the parenting class or talking to one on one, it's not mm-hmm. quite that simple. And so they've even shared some some challenges. Yeah, uh, one of those is with faith, especially in a culture right now that mm-hmm. does everything to uh, steal away kids from the faith. So maybe right. talk about that like, if, if you can for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, so what about those times where? in a student's life even if it's temporary where they're they're thinking I don't know I'm 16 17 18 I'm not sure this faith is mine that you think is important yeah. and and how do I make it my own and what if I'm not making it my own or what if I'm not making it a priority at least mm-hmm. and so and and I know we've talked with families that are dealing with that uh, so how would you yeah. how would you uh, how would you help a family going through that
0: Yeah I don't think there's an easy answer but my quick Answer is, um, I mean, you model, you model. When they're little, there's no question. Mm-hmm. This is the God we serve. Absolutely. This is where this is who we're praying to. This yeah, is yeah. The, like this is what this looks like. For Sure. But there does come a point where, like, if they don't own it, you can keep saying this is the God we serve. And frankly, as long as we're in this house, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to pray before our meals. We're going to have this devotion. We're going to. Those are you should do that. But. I guess the quick answer is you're trying to make your relationship with God, I don't know if I like this word or not, but as attractive as possible, mm-hmm. that it's something that they want, that they're hungry and thirsty for. The, um, it's Matthew 5, 5, I think. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, right. for they shall be filled. Yeah. Um, you, I want my kid to be hungry and thirsty for that kind of relationship, that authentic yeah. relationship, I'll never forget when I was a kid. Um, I think it was late middle school or early high school. I think it was probably early high school, and I was starting to make those decisions myself. Right, and it wasn't a one and done for me. It was a few years of you know figuring that out. Sure, but I'll one thing I always remember is my mom telling me stories of faith, and she would describe like her own dad and times that uh, he was in ministry for years. Now, unfortunately, that didn't end well. But she told me the good stories. You know, like, we didn't have anything, and, mm-hmm. and we didn't know what was going to happen. And we prayed, and someone knocked on the door and delivered groceries. And there were six kids in the family. I mean, they wow. needed groceries. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, a pastor with six kids, or, you know, just these stories, other stories like that, that she would tell over and over again are stories of revival. I grew up my mom telling me stories of revival. Yeah. Of, of, so making
1: faith real.
0: Yeah. Right? And it made me, as a young person, look at the. I knew enough of the Word of God because that's where I'd been raised. I was in Sunday school. I was in every VBS you could be in. I was taken <laughs> to all of those things
1: church camp. Yeah. All,
0: <laughs> I, I knew the. You know, I could recite the Old Testament, you know, books in order, all of that because mm-hmm. I'd, you know, I'd been educated in all of that. Right. Uh, so I looked at the stories of faith from the Bible, and I heard my mom's stories of faith, and I thought, I th- I'm pretty sure this is real. I don't think any of that's fake. And I either want that or I want out. Right. I didn't want like to just go to church. The middle ground. I yeah. didn't. I thought, I, I, I think I want that. That sounds amazing. Like, m- miracles. And, right. Like, I want that. And I think that's what tipped me over, even when intellectually I was struggling with I don't know about the six days of creation stuff. Right, like, I sure. don't, like. There's some of these things like Jonah and the whale. Like when you're when you grow up on those little kid stories, and then you become an adult, you're like, "Am I ridiculous for believing that?" And <laughs> yeah. As an adult, I don't think you are. But then I was trying to figure out if it was right. or not. But that's what that attractiveness that my mom had shown me is what won me over. Really,
1: yeah, yeah. I think you know. Similarly, um, Jennifer and I were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. Our parents took us to church, we invested, all those same things. But they didn't... like. If I had to guess, they didn't say, here's why you have to believe. And mm-hmm. so we just picked it up mostly because yeah. we were invested. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes, just my speaking of my own experience, I just assumed my kids at different times would just pick it up mm-hmm. because... My parents weren't super intentional. Jennifer's parents weren't super intentional. Mm -hmm. Definitely faith-based. Yeah. But we are the ones that took it and ran with it. And I thought, well, I'm just going to live it and my kids will see it. And I would say, looking back, I would say I would be a little more intentional with those kind of stories. Yeah. Uh, we modeled it. We talked about it. We were in church. But I would say uh, if I was to give advice to someone who was coming through those years mm-hmm. is to be intentional about telling the stories of the faith yeah. that were real, that changed lives, mm-hmm. and... and Kids aren't, at least in this day and age, with yeah. so many distractions. Maybe when Jennifer and I were growing up, there weren't as many distractions. Mm-hmm. But with so many distractions, I think it's important for parents yeah. to be intentional about their faith.
0: Um, yeah, I like I said, I'm my kids' pastor, but I honestly think, and I've told lots of people, you should be your kids' pastor. Mm-hmm. Like you're the one who pastors your kid's heart. You're the one that past- pastors their spirit, their soul, you know, into eternity. Don't expect anyone else to be able to have that same authority as you no Absolutely. one else will now the kids pastor has authority the middle school pastor has authority the high they all have authority but none as deep as yours you named your child you gave them an identity you're right. you're there so so be very intentional about pastoring them and we tried to do that as best we could like even noticing you can tell when a kid gets to a certain age like Hey, you used to have this abandon in worship when you were little and, you know, mm-hmm. where'd that go? Mm-hmm. Like you're feeling a little self-conscious, I noticed in worship or, you know, from a Sunday. i just well, we, you know, would have that conversation. Like, where are you at right now? Right. You seem a little distant and you know, you just seem a little cold to the prayers, to, you know, what's going on? And not It's so delicate because then they can get defensive and why
1: are they watching me all the yeah. time? Yeah.
0: But if you do it because you care, And I think it makes all the difference in the world. And um, with my girls, because they were such church culture girls and they're in Christian school and they're, you know, in multiple services with me on a Sunday, uh, they got to... I don't know if I should even be saying this on a podcast. But but they got to, you know, middle school, high school, and and they said, Dad, do we have to go to youth group? Mm -hmm. Like, we've gone, we've done it. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with it, it's great, but we're just... I don't think we need it in a way. And I don't, I'm not... Oh man, I wouldn't say this for just any kid, but for us, we had to just pray and say, like, is this something they have to do or not? And we felt like, no, they didn't. They don't have to. You can go when you want to go. You can stay when you want to stay. It's okay. Um... And that was just one of those, like, we're talking about, what's the principle? What are we trying to feel out? Is there a relationship there or not? Like, is it legalistic to say, no, you're the pastor's kid, and you better be in every youth group, or right. else I'm gonna look bad, or yeah. you're gonna look bad. Right. And, it's all about motive, right? Yeah. yeah. So we just tried to pastor them through that, and neither one of them were regular attenders of a youth group. Now, once they got to uh, young adults, they were in. They're yeah, in they were all in. Yeah, they were like, yeah. yeah, I need this. This is for me. Uh, there's something missing in my life that I uh, this you know fills. Yeah. So what would you say to some of those parents
1: who maybe navigated those tough times and mm-hmm. trying to find that balance and trying to 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 and then but they have a tinge of regret mm-hmm. or guilt like sometimes i i talk to parents and even even personally you know what could i have done differently here when you look back over some of the, the great things you did with your kids but some of the mistakes so what mm-hmm. would you say to those families who are my kids are older now they're 16 yeah. or maybe they're even out of the house and man i wish i would have taken more opportunity, but you know, they're in sorrow, mm-hmm. but they don't, you don't want them to live in that guilt about it. What yeah. do you, what do you
0: say to those kind of families? I think two things. The first one is, uh, you got to obtain the grace of God because mm-hmm. there's nothing more guilt ridden than parenting. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it's just the normal experience to feel bad sure. about your parenting. Yeah. Even when you're trying, like super moms are super, you know, the Character of a supermom right. are that way because it's a lot of times they're trying to almost work off this guilt. Mm-hmm. So you got to receive the grace of God for it. That we all make mistakes, right. and that some of them, some of them are pretty big mistakes. Sure, I mean that they, they are they are big. There's no getting around it. Um, but that they're not so big that God can't redeem. So that's the second part. First part is you got to get the grace of God, or else you're never going to correctly parent them. Right. You'll just be parenting them out of this... uh I gotta fix this. I've gotta fix this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once you have the grace of God, I think then it's redeemable is that next piece. And I think the redeemable piece often comes just from starting to talk to the kids now, where they're at now. Right. And, you know, especially if they're 16 and up, or depending on their maturity, whatever the age. Um, and just voicing some of those regrets to them. Like, man, I really wished I would have, now that I look back. Right. And just, we tell our kids... I. T- I tell my kids all the time, like, for whatever reason, I have my daughters, um, both of their respect and admiration right now. They'll tell me like, Dad, I love you so much. Mm. You did such a great job. I want a parent like you. I'm like, wow. Wow.
1: What
0: a compliment. Okay, yeah, that's really, really nice. But I also, then I'll tell them, but also, you'll get out there, you'll see other parents, you know, Grace, you'll go to DTS, and you're like what was dad thinking when he said that? <laughs> like, I'm all you know right yeah. now, so you think I'm awesome. They're going to find <laughs> out you're not perfect. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I've told them along the way, like, oh, man, you were my first kid. I, I got them both at the same time. Was mm, that's true. Ones. So, yeah. like, we didn't have any practice kids. So you're our practice kids. So I'm some right. things were pretty pleased about the way we did. Some things were like, oh, man, we really blew it there. We should have been more consistent in this family devotions were always a struggle for us. Mm. They were really hard to pull off. Sometimes we felt good about it. Sometimes we felt terrible about it. Um, But a lot of little things around that, we just failed at. I I would uh, discipline sometimes out of frustration or anger, um, but just telling them, especially after they get to the place where they can understand that, like, I wish I would have done this. I think I did you a disservice Mm. and you'd be in a better place right now. I'm not blaming you, you know you're you're a great kid. I love you. Yeah. But I would I, I wish I had taught you about finances back then, or I wish I had sure. taught you about repentance back then, or something. Whatever I missed on, because um, I think that honors them as well. To go oh, there's probably a lesson there I should learn, and Dad didn't teach me. Right. Like how do I learn this lesson? I really appreciate what you
1: said about uh, the redemption piece, Jason. Just how it's never too late. No. Uh, you know, and that yeah. and that's really a message that mm-hmm. I want people to hear is mm-hmm. uh, even if your kid is is an adult and maybe yeah. their faith is not a priority for them, maybe they've abandoned the faith altogether right now. Mm-hmm. But the the principles in Scripture with regard to uh, the prodigal son. Or other areas where God is waiting and wooing and doing everything He can mm-hmm. to bring uh, a redemption and healing and restore families and restore that relationship with Him, and He's not yeah. giving up, no matter how old your child is. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, we—that's most of our stories—is oh yeah, you know, whether we had terrible parents or or relatively good parents. We're, we're all in need of redemption, we're all in need of Absolutely. salvation. None of them parented us into the Kingdom of God, only Jesus can do that. Um, and I think, like, if I go like one more place with this is um, like doing that, going back to a kid and saying, here's where I think I failed, you and could have done better, uh, and you're going to be a parent someday, and you'll have to make these decisions, is teaching them to walk out conviction. Like, um, okay, so let's go back to like high school and we're trying to make decisions about dress or music or activities or all of those things. Um, Having two girls that were both in the same grade, um, we realized, man, there are are places for rules and sometimes we just got to make a rule. Right. But then there's places for conviction. Right. And how to get like... Teaching a kid to practice walking in conviction is so important because I'm I'm not going to be there. So, um, like, social media was a big deal, still is a big deal. Absolutely. And uh, they would be in different places sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. one could gladly, like, I'm on Instagram, it's fine. Not bothering me at all. Mm. I mean, maybe it was, but they didn't have any conviction And the other one was like, I deleted my Instagram. Like, it was really getting into me. Right. You know, and rather than make a rule, just trying to work with both of them in mm-hmm. that, like, what is God saying? Like, dating. One of them dated, one of them didn't. Right. They had, in some ways, different convictions about that sure. at that time in their life. And just allowing for that, mm-hmm. rather than trying to parent well, however many kids you have in under one just one, one way, style, yeah. one
1: conviction, one one rule for everyone. Yep. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, uh, so just trying to get that get them to that place of hearing God's voice, feeling conviction, responding to that conviction is really the most valuable thing you could teach your kid because that they'll carry the rest of their life when they're no longer asking you yeah. opinions about stuff.
1: For sure. Mm. And one of the ways to model that, at least that I've seen here both at Church on the Hill mm-hmm. and at Cross Hill is is serving together. You know, we yeah. can talk about should you have this conviction? Let mm-hmm. me get let me show you what the Bible says. Let me show you what what the rules are. Let me tell you what I believe. Yeah. But then there's this uh, another piece that really takes on a life of its own and that's that's serving together. And so some questions I get is how how important is that? Mm-hmm. And what are ways that parents can serve with their kids, kind of get in
0: there in the mix together. Yeah. Did you grow up in a small church? You probably did. I did down small in town. Yeah,
1: yeah. Four square church in Southern California for part and then over yep. in eastern Oregon. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Same. Grew up in a small church. So it was a given in a small church. Because if you're gonna do anything, everyone's gonna do it. Sure. Everyone's gonna help. Right. And so I kind of grew up that way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, again, I, I don't know how helpful this will be because I'm in this weird spot of being a pastor in a church. So my kids are in the church all the time. They're, you know, and, but, but we would try to draw this line that would say, in there's no good way to talk about this, but this is the job. Like I'm doing this job. Right. But now I'm going, this isn't about the job. I'm going above and beyond. Right. Like no one expects me to do this or to be there or right. to, you know, do this. I'm just serving. And you and I, and like we as a family, we're going to go do this together. Um, and... Uh, I, again, different personality, different giftings. One of my daughters definitely has the gift of service. Like, that's how she loves you. Like, right. you, you know, like, oh, Grace didn't give me a hug. She just cleaned up the whole kitchen. Yeah. Like, that's the hug. Right. That's my my daughter's hug for me. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was like, okay, I don't have to work that hard on you. When there's an opportunity to come around to serve, you're going to do it because it's your gifting. Right. Where faith has a lot of other beautiful gifts and she's, she's a server, but it's not like just that natural first right. thing to think of, I should get up and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of them, we just said, hey, no matter whether we feel like this is a strength of ours or not, we're here to help, we're here to bless people. Yeah. And I've said this lots of times, but our family motto, you know, came from God speaking to Abraham and say, I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna make your name great, uh, you know, Come, follow me into this new land. But I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, so that you can be a blessing. So we just shortened that into "blessed to be a blessing." Right. And I know hashtag blessed has kind of become a joke. It's <laughs> put on all the pictures. Right. But it's a real thing. Like God has shown my family favor, and and I don't. We don't deserve it. We don't. We shouldn't have better than anybody else. Um, but He has just loved us and and blessed us. And there are people that have more financially, they have more of a lot of things, but I'll stack up my riches of my, my family and my kids and my marriage against anybody's. He gave me the best the best spouse I could possibly hope for. Yeah. And so I better well do something with yeah. that. And not yeah. just take that for granted. That's just for me to enjoy. Right. But my family is to be a blessing to others. That's the right. reason why he gave me a great marriage. And a, and there's work that we do into that, yeah. but I just see that a lot of that is a gift from God. And, yeah. and so we talk about that all the time. If God has given us this much, how can we use that to bless somebody else? And
1: Well, I know you said you're in yeah. a unique position because obviously you're in a pastor, which comes yeah. with some different... Uh, Uh, opportunities, but also different challenges. Mm -hmm. But what I'm also hearing is that's on offer for anyone, right? Uh, Blessed to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. And I think, and all the things that go along with that in terms of making faith real, Oftentimes, or in the past, you know, I would take Austin down to just, you know, let's go down and feed the homeless, and Mm -hmm. and of course, you're not going to necessarily change a whole bunch of people's lives just because you're helping making peanut butter sandwiches for a weekend. But situations like that, or short-term missions trips, Mm -hmm. both the school and the church do now even a family-based missions trips to Mexico, other places, because we know that getting in there and serving and giving back and being the feet of Jesus literally in a mm-hmm. real way where kids can see it i just man it just has some some additional oh, yeah. benefits of of making faith come alive yeah. and i would just encourage uh, families to look for opportunities you're right some of the time it's just like hey the dishes in the back of the church need washed, mm-hmm. let's go do it. And some of it is, let's go out in the community and just find ways to serve. Again, not because we're looking for to fulfill some kind of duty or some kind of job, mm-hmm. but because our kids need to see, one, it's a priority, yeah. and two, what love looks like, what giving back looks like. Yep. And talk about authentic faith, mm-hmm. where, where there's nothing to be gained, it's just
0: right. an act of service. Man, there are so many families in the church too I won't start naming them because I'll you know there's just so many I would leave a bunch out and I'd feel bad. But I think of families especially that have kids right now that are in that they can come and help middle school to high school right. age um, that are just doing it and I would point that out to my kids. I'd right. show them examples and say, you know that guy you know what he does for a living? I know he probably did an easy 60, 70 hours right. this week. And he's here tonight, and he's not going to leave until all those chairs are stacked. Yeah. Like, we're going to help. We're going to, (laughs) like... Yeah, right, right. Yeah, if that guy's doing that, you know, just think about that. And nobody's paying him. Nobody's even recognizing him. He's not going to get his name up in lights because he's done this. Uh, And those families that come with their kids and just bless us all the time. And I see what they have. And we were 10 years before we had kids, so I would watch those families then, too, and think, that's what I want. I want something like that. They're doing something that's valuable. And to speak to the you know what a kid gets out of it, too, there are a few kids, I think a rare golden child is born, <laughs> that is just selfless. They're just like, yeah. wow, this little kid just yeah. knows how to share. I didn't even have to teach him. Yeah. He just knows how to share. But that is very
1: rare. That's not the norm, for that's sure. That's not the
0: norm. <laughs> Almost everyone else is pretty much just born selfish. They're, they think of themselves. They think of their little world. And those things just... Open up their whole mind, and they see something they've never seen before, and they start to empathize and care for others. Right. Kids don't naturally like when they're first born; they don't, you know. That's why a little kid can just clock another one in the head. <laughs> I mean, we were just, mine. Yeah, <laughs> we were just watching uh, last night, so that <laughs> so that families could go on their Valentine's date. We were watching a bunch of babies and toddlers mm-hmm. and kids here, and my wife and I were in the room and. Uh, one of them picked up a little toy vacuum cleaner was just about to just
1: <laughs> lay out
0: this other, the little baby girl. This little boy about to just lay out this little baby girl. And Please continue to
1: bring your kids to uh, <laughs> ch- Children's Church. It'll still be fine. I mean, I stopped them. <laughs> okay, there we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, he wasn't even, honestly... I would like there's nothing to even yell at him for. He just wasn't even aware, like this is going to hurt somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Other people have feelings. Right. You know, that has to some of that has to be taught them. Mm-hmm. And that happens at all stages of life. When my kids went on well on, on their their first missions trip. That it wasn't like this is mom and dad's mission trip and you're coming along, right? But when it was their first mission trip, I saw it in them. They're like, "Wow, we had no idea." Right. I'm like, "I've taken you to China and and Thailand and all these other places." But when it was them and their ownership and they were the ones sharing the gospel on the street or Mm. building the home or whatever, right? They came back changed. Right. And and I think those opportunities aren't just in Mexico or Thailand. They are all week long in our church community and, and in the city. Yeah. So. And that's what I would encourage parents. Of course, those
1: big one off events like yeah. a missions trip are cool and they mm-hmm. do have a significant impact. Yeah. But there's small ways, uh, in in every area, you know, we're talking about some big challenges and big decisions that parents and kids need to make but just mm-hmm. just start small right you mentioned making faith your own, picking yeah. up the chairs uh, talking talking to your kids about honestly about the mistakes that you have made mm-hmm. I, sometimes parents think oh how do I how do I tackle these big issues and I think one of the things that yeah. maybe we've learned and we would recommend is just start with one piece at a time one thing at a time and step by step as
0: God leads yep. Yeah, and I'd say, too, we'll wrap up here, but I would just say, too, like, I can't, um, it, it would be wrong to not end this with talking about prayer, because mm. honestly, you can say and do everything right, right? but you gotta just give those kids to Jesus every day. Yeah, you gotta put absolutely. them on the altar and ask Him to do the thing you can't do, which is I can't reach into my kids' you know, right. heart and mm-hmm. somehow massage it and make it soft, I can... Create the best environment I can and make my my relationship with God as as attractive as possible and teach all the Bible that I know how to teach yeah. and it still takes God to get into their heart and and you know move them and bring conviction and fill them with the Holy Spirit all of those things are out of my control and and you no know, when we all mess up and so God still no matter how good I do He still has to redeem yeah. He still has to save. Yeah. So just well, pray that's a, pray pray.
1: That's just a great reminder. You have the God of the universe mm-hmm. who says he wants to partner with you yeah. to help raise your kid and uh, and all you have to do is ask. How could we not mm-hmm. make that a great first and priority step for
0: sure? Yeah. Well, all right. I think uh I think we've gone as far in this as we can. If you got questions, if you're out there and you've got questions uh, for the podcast, feel free to send them in. You can put them in the comments if you want, or you could uh, email them to, I think it's info at kothcommunity.com. Is that right? No, there's a Google form. Okay. Sorry. Google form. Ethan will show you in the description how to do this. But uh, yeah, send in your questions if you have any. Uh, If you think this might be a blessing to someone, by all means, uh, share it. I'm, I don't think I'm gonna be the like and describe like and what is it like and subscribe guy. Right. I don't think I got that in me to just say that every time. But you can if you want to
1: like and subscribe. I'm only gonna be here this one time. But Jason needs the likes. <laughs> no, I
0: definitely do not. <laughs> Matter of fact, I probably need less attention. I get too much. All right, All right. love you guys. See you on Sunday. Bye.